This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Uh, you know, I just looked at the praise team up there. They were really getting into it. And they're like most of you out there. These guys worked all day long. And they come in here and they worship by faith from their spirit. You know, they make their flesh shut up and they say, I'm going to worship God. And, you know, I think about you out there. A lot of us had some long days today and lots of stuff going on. But in John chapter 4, Jesus said the Father is looking for those that will worship him in spirit. And you know what? They got they got the fuse lit tonight. Man, I'll tell you what, we've got some things go off in your hearts tonight. We're going to help you. And the bottom line is, Pastor Dave used one of my verses, James one twenty two. The things that I teach from the Word of God tonight is not my opinion, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Your Lord and your Savior, because He wants you to win. He doesn't want you to lose it, He wants you to win. And you know, I was thinking about the songs we were singing, singing that, and I was thinking about uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when it talks about, I has not seen or ear heard, neither the heart of man, the things that God has in store for them that love Him. Well, that chapter starts off talking about Satan as attacks on the body of Christ back then. There's one body. Jesus lived in it. And the devil thought, if I can kill him, I've won. I stopped God. But then it says, had the devil known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because when he crucified Jesus, Jesus paid the price to break the bodies of Satan over mankind. And then, not only did Jesus not stay dead, but we're all here now. All the Christians that have come since that crucifixion and that raising from the dead has produced many Christ. Little Christ. That's us. And so I said that to say this. It's the same thing when Joseph went into captivity. Joseph went into captivity and he came out a king. He came out setting Israel free. And so in your life, if you can just look at life this way, whatever attacks are coming to you right now, if you will do what I teach with the Word of God to do tonight, then Satan's going to be sorry he ever launched one, one missile in your direction. Amen. But it's up to you. I want to say that again. It's up to you. What are you going to do with what you hear? Are you just going to think, well, this is a nice little church, a nice little service, and I come here because I like to come here because it makes me feel good. Well, we don't want you just to feel good in church. We want you to do good when you leave the church. The darkness is not in here. It's out there. And you're the light. But what are you going to do with what you hear tonight? It's all up to you. And so tonight, uh, I put I put a title on this. Your faith will always receive whatever you need. Your faith. Not your pastor's faith. Not your husband's or wife's faith. Not your grandma's faith. Not Jesus' faith. Your faith. And when we look at the Word of God, Mark chapter 5 tonight, I'm going to break this down and show you exactly what I mean by that. Your faith will always receive whatever you need. Look at Mark chapter 5. Thank you, Dylan. I was waiting on that. I needed that. Actually, I didn't need that, but they needed that. Let's say this again. We're going to turn to Mark chapter 5. Okay. And uh, we're going to be looking at verses 25 through 34. But I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to teach this night in uh, what I call the sandwich style. I'm going to look at the at, 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 at the top layer 
then the bottom layer, and then I'm going to put the ingredients in it. So in other words, I'm going to show you how this story starts, how it ends, and I'm going to show you why it ended like it did. And so Mark chapter 5, verse 25 and 26, and a lot of you probably heard this taught a lot of times. You probably studied it. We're going to hit it from a fresh perspective tonight, that if you'll listen with the eyes with the eyes of your faith, you're going to see some things that you never saw before. And I really believe all of my heart there will be some people tonight going to see what they need to do to have the breakthrough they need for where they are in life. How many wants a breakthrough? Amen. Okay. And so verse 25 says, And a certain woman, and I always like to point out this is not a parable. With something's a parable, make-believe thing to help you understand some things, it always says that Jesus taught a parable. But some of the stories in here were real-life true stories of people's real lives, like they could talk about Heidi. He said, there's, says a certain, there's a certain young woman that you don't need to get married, want to have some babies. And so God did some miracles in Heidi's life, so she got married to the man God had for her, and she had those babies God wanted her to have. And it took a lot of faith for Heidi to have babies where they were. And so he could tell that story. That wouldn't be a parable. Well, he spoke a parable about a young lady. Well, he spoke a lot of parables. But he gave a lot of testimony stories, too. And so when you look at this, realize this was a real person, could be you. As a matter of fact, if the Bible were still being written today, where it was written down for people to read, probably everybody in here could be used as an example of a faith person that God did miracles for. But some people right now still need those miracles. So that's why you're sitting here tonight to hear about how this works. And so the top layer of this sandwich for look at says a certain woman had an issue of blood 12 years. Issue of blood, that's female troubles. And I'm not a female, but I had a mother. I've got a wife. And I've got three daughters. I've known a lot of women I prayed for. And so I, knew, I know female troubles isn't a very fun thing, not a pleasant thing. If you had it for, for 12 weeks, that'd be a long time. If you had, if you had trouble, uh, bleeding trouble for 12 months, that'd be an eternity for a woman going through that. This one went through it 12 years. Has anybody ever, ever had a crisis that you went through for a long time? And you thought, will this ever end? Will this ever end? Well, this woman went through this for a long time, real person. And then it says that, uh, she suffered many things of many physicians. And I know that, uh, you know, ladies go to doctors, most doctors used to be men, and it wasn't fun to have a man poking around looking at you and trying to figure out stuff. And so she suffered many things, many physicians. She spent all that she had. And so not only did she have all these health troubles for 12 years, but then she went broke. If she spent all that she had, does that mean bankrupt? Sounds like it to me. She had nothing left. She spent it all on doctors. How many here have known somebody in modern times that spent all their money on doctors and they were still sick. Amen. That's where she was. And so I'd call this a real crisis, wouldn't you? And not just something that just happened quick. Oh, man, look what happened to her. Twelve years. Twelve years. They watched this lady, knew how rough it was on her. And you know what? There's people been watching you for twelve years probably or however long you've been going through things. And it looks like it's over. It's hopeless. And so it said, it said she got nothing bettered, but she rather grew worse. Can you imagine that after 12 years, going to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor, and begging, borrowing, stealing every, every dime you can get, and thinking, they said, doctor, see me, but I gotta have money. 
and got there, and after 12 years, still no help. Now, for the sandwich part, I want to stop right there and go down to verse 34, because that's just the beginning of the story. But then verse 34, this is the bottom layer. This is the bottom bread. It says, And Jesus, he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Glory to God. Her faith. Her faith. Her faith. Not Jesus' faith. Not her pastor's faith. Not her good, her good Christian friend's faith. Her very own faith made her whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And like what I heard a great, a great, uh, Hebrew scholar lady teach on this years and years ago when he said, thy faith have made thee whole. So that whole comes from that word shalom. Have you ever heard that Jewish word shalom? Well, shalom means nothing broken, nothing missing, everything restored. And so she said that according to the Hebrew shalom, that her fortunes were restored. Her faith received what the covenant had for her. She got her health. She got her money. She got her blessing. Her faith did that. And I want to show you why, why, why Jesus said, Thy faith have made thee whole. I want you to see a little thing here in the Bible that if you're a casual reader, you don't catch this. And so look down. I'm going to cut through this detail in a minute. But I want you to look down at this at the end of verse 29. It says she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So she knew when the power of God came in, she was healed. And then look at this. It says, Jesus immediately anointed himself that virtue or anointing that got out of him, turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now get this. If Jesus' faith did it, he wouldn't have said, who touched me? There was a lot of people in that crowd. A lot of people were touching him. Then his disciples said, Lord, look at the crowd. The multitude's thronging you. What do you mean, who touched you? They said, everybody's touching you. But Jesus, the man of God, said, no, somebody touched me that had faith. How many people in a church like this are going through similar things, praying the same prayers, but they don't all get the answer? Could it be that maybe somebody... Testing with faith in their prayers? Just ask no question. You know, how many people get the same diagnosis, go to the same kind of churches, but they don't all get healed? And then people want to blame it on God. Say, well, God just chooses he picks. No, he doesn't. The Bible says God's no respecter of persons. But he is a respecter of faith. And so before I move on, I want to make sure you get this. Because when we read these stories here, we think Jesus just went around some kind of magic wand. And if Jesus just showed up, all you have to do is get around Jesus. Man, he points at you. It's all over with. Man, you're done. You're healed. That whole crowd was there. And you know, when I was meditating on this verse, I was thinking, I wonder in that crowd how many other people had serious illnesses. You know what? You can't get a crowd of people together like that and not have somebody sick of there besides one woman. <laughs> Amen. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Just what you think about this. His disciples said, Lord, what do you mean? Who touched you? Said, everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me that had faith. And so she, I like to say it this way, she, with her faith, made a demand on the gift. That's why a lot of times at a church service, There'll be people come in at church service. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost church. And you'll have the man or woman of God do the preaching up here. And all of a sudden, they'll hit a bunny trail. 
or they'll stop and point and say, Dave, come here for a minute. I want to tell you something. That's because Dave came in expecting God to talk to him tonight. He wanted to hear from heaven. His faith was up there. Lord, I'm not saying this about Dave, just look at him. He said, Lord, I know you're real. I know the Bible's true. And you know I believe. I just ask you, Jesus, please speak to me tonight. Speak to me tonight and help me. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking out there at all the faces. I think, man, this is a wonderful crowd. And all of a sudden, look over there, and there's a glow on Dave. And I hear in my heart something God wants to say to Dave. Well, everybody here wanted to hear something, but Dave specifically had his faith out there. They wanted God to speak to him about something he was really facing, that he had to hear something because he was at his wits' end. And so when you come into church service, it's like the crowd. It's like that crowd thronging Jesus. They were crowding in, but one person pressed in. And Jesus said, wow. said, I don't know what happened, but man, the power of God just came through me. And somebody got something. Who was that got that? And then that woman then began to tell him what happens. And I want to show you what got to the place where Jesus would have said, Chuck, your faith has made you whole. The things you're believing for, they're coming to pass because your faith touched Jesus. Amen. And, you know, I'm just looking at different people like that because that's how real it is. Jesus knows the number of every hair of every head in this room. Not only that, Jesus knows the number of every hair. And when I say the number, the Lord told me years ago, don't quote that how a lot of preachers do. He knows how many hairs. He didn't say that. He said he knows the number on every hair. If he knows the number of every hair, he didn't say he knows, he didn't say the number of hairs. He said the number on every hair. And so you think about this. Every person in Saudi Arabia, in Africa, in Central America, every person everywhere, Jesus knows every time a hair falls out, he is so omnipotent, he knows what the number of that hair was come off that head. If he knows that much about us, he even told us that your father knows what you have need of before you ask. But you notice, he didn't just say your father knows you have need of. He put a qualification before you ask. That's what that means. Then you ask. You asked that you may receive. Amen. You need to do more asking in faith and less, less asking just to be asking. Amen. Amen. And so anyway, I want to go back and start going through this now. And I, w- I want to see what it was that her faith did to make her whole. And I want to say this. If her faith can make her whole, then your faith can make you whole mentally, physically, financially, in your family, socially, on your job, wherever you need, whatever you need restored, shalom. Your faith, because there's no respect to a person, but in respect to a faith, your faith can change whatever it is that needs changed in your life. Your faith can do it. You know, you need, you need to quit calling the prayer line and whining and stop and do some things we're looking at tonight and seriously talk to heaven and then stick with them what we're going to see here and then your faith will provide for you everything you need. So whatever the Bible says is yours, you can have. If you learn these faith principles and apply them. 
Now, I want to look at the ingredients on this faith sandwich. If you're taking notes, write down one, two, three, four, just straight up and down. And then beside there will be some simple things I want you to put on there. And we're looking at the faith ingredients. Get it again. I showed you the start of this story. Twelve years, sick, got worse, went bankrupt. Then at the bottom, bottom of the story, on the bottom, on the bottom slice of bread, said, your faith made you whole, lady. Go home. You're healed. You're restored. And so we're going to see what those ingredients are in between those two slices. And so I want you to look at verse 27 from point number one. It says, when she had heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. And so point number one, she heard. She heard. And, uh, you know, I, I still think it's good to look at things no matter how many times we've heard them because you need to keep seeing them. And I want to show you why it's so important of what she heard. Is Jesus the Word? Amen. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And Psalms 107 verse 20 says he sent his Word and healed them. He sent Jesus and healed them. So look at Romans ten seventeen. but hold your place. And, you know, uh, a lot of you ought to be able to quote Romans ten seventeen. And know where it's at and everything like that. But we need to keep looking at it and sit it again. And this is the first step. This is the first step of your faith. Whatever, whatever you're facing in life, if it's a family problem, if it's a job problem, health problem, kid problem, money problem, whatever it is, this is the first step. If you want Jesus to be able to say, who touched me? Pastor Dave, your faith touched me. Go, you're healed, you're whole, you're restored. Amen. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I don't want to get off the buddy trail too long, but I want to tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say by hearing by the word of Mr. Google. Mr. Google's not God. Why would anybody with a serious diagnosis Google to find out about it? What Google says your life expectancy is with it. I would never Google. I didn't Google when I had that dog. I wouldn't Google that stupid stuff because that was the problem. I already knew what that was. I needed the answer. I didn't Google. I got it. I went back to the Word of God, been teaching healing for years and years and years and years. And so I studied healing again, forwards, backwards, upside down, inside out. But I never looked to Google one time to find out what that doctor said was killing me. Faith didn't come by Google. Fear come by Google. Doctor already told me that it'll kill you. So why did I have to go to Google for Google to confirm that the doctor said was true in the natural that that blood disease would kill me? So what I'm saying is this. Now you listen to me real good. I'm not preaching mean. I'm preaching bold because I want people helped. You need to throw Google away. And lots of other things. And then don't go on Facebook and ask everybody else, Hey, the doctor just said I got this. Can somebody tell me something about this? You know, anybody else ever had it? You know what they're all going to tell you? Well, I know so-and-so had it and she died. I know that he had it and he died. I know that my cousin had it and she died. Well, I know this one had it and he's a vegetable now over in the nursing home. I asked, well, I don't know. You know what you're going to have? Second Timothy 1.7. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. Fear cometh by hearing the word of the world, the word of the devil. How about your marriage? 
Why are you going to go talk to a bunch of losers? Been married and lost all these times. And then ask them, hey, what do you think about this? What should I do? You know what they're going to do is they chew their bubble gum and pop their bubbles. I think you ought to leave the jerk. Or, or, or the guy, you know what? She's no good. I tell you what, my first wife is just like the one you got now. And my second wife, my third wife, my fourth wife, about every one of them's a loser. You're married to a loser. What's the Bible say? You gotta find out what the Bible says about these things. And so, this woman, her, here, after she went through all these things, she was broke, no money, and then says, when she had heard of Jesus. And I, I always, I, when I look at this, I always think this. This woman wised up as she changed her source of information. She ran to all, she, she ran to all the world people, and she got worse. She says, you thought, man, that's enough. I've heard about Jesus through all these other people. Now I'm going to run to Jesus. And so we're talking about this faith sandwich that got her holds. And so she heard of Jesus. Now go back to Mark chapter 5. And whatever you do, you've got to guard yourself from knowledge that's going to put fear in you and steal your faith. You've got to guard yourself. I don't have a lot of time to hit bunny trails, but i just tell you this. When Pastor Dave got diagnosed with leukemia when he was three and a half years old and crippled, the hospital thought they was doing me a favor. I was already a word man, already teaching healing. They gave me this great big fat book, really fat uh, hardcover book, wrapped in real fancy stuff there about childhood leukemia. I don't even think I took it out of the hospital. I think I threw it in their own wastebasket. He had childhood leukemia from the devil. I wanted healing from Jesus. So all we did is just pressed in the word that much more. And I looked at that book. I thought, man, that's a pretty book. They got a lot of money invested in that book. But I thought, if I read that book, my son will die. So right in the trash can. And so I want to tell you something. You've got to put value on what's real sometimes. And there's nothing more valuable than the word of God for the information you need about your marriage about your kids, about your job, about your finances. If you're looking at bankruptcy, get in the Word. Do what God tells you to do. And if you're to the point where you have to go through bankruptcy, there's no condemnation in it. You just learn what you did and do it better the next time. You have to do it twice. Amen. And so point 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 number two, I want you to look at verse 28. It says, For she said... And I circled that. For she said. So she heard something. Then she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And so she said. And so you've got to change how you talk about what you're going through. You've got to say what the Bible says. You've got to answer. You've got to answer what the devil's trying to destroy you with, with the word of God. You remember when Jesus was tempted? He always told Satan, it is written. It is written, it is written. He quoted the Word of God. The Old Testament's all there was. He quoted what the Word of God said. And so you've got to learn to start speaking the Word, speak the desired result. And I want to show you something. Just flip down to Mark chapter 11. And you need to keep on hearing this and hearing this and hearing this. Verse 23. 
I saw a note here. I spoke to the church on September 5th. I'm going to read it in just a second. Verse 23, remember what she said, I shall be whole? Well, Jesus said in Mark 23, a basic faith principle. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, I wrote my Bible. I wrote my Bible. This means me because I'm whosoever. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, was that a mountain she had 12 years Female trouble, mountain, was that a serious big, big problem, mountain problem? Shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Something I learned as a young Christian that I've walked in all the days of my Christian life, I learned the difference between my mind and my spirit, my heart. Every crisis I've ever faced, my head's been bombarded with doubt. There's no way it'll work. This can't happen. No good, no good, no good, no good. But I didn't doubt in my heart. And what I've had to do was look at it, major problems, whether it's church problems, money problems, health problems, family problems. I always have to get alone and close my eyes and say, Jesus, I've listened to my heart. And Lord, in my heart, I don't doubt. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know who. I don't know but I know what you're going to do. Your word says, and Lord, I believe in my heart. I don't doubt. And you said, I shall not doubt in my heart. And that's what I do. And I make my head shut up, <clears throat> and those doubtful thoughts that hit my head never come out of my mouth. Amen. They don't come out of my mouth. And you, you've got to get a hold of this. You got born again. Not because of what your head believed about Jesus, but what your heart believed. And that's Romans 10, 9 and 10. says that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For if the heart man believeth unto salvation, with the mouth confession is made. Your heart, your spirit, and your mouth are your key to victory or defeat. And keep it in mind, we're talking about this lady. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. As I want to say it again, God is no respecter of persons. He's respecter of faith. Now we're going to be looking at James 1 to 22 in a little bit. But right now, a lot of you are hearing things tonight. But how many of you, for what your face are going to be doing, what you're hearing? That's the one between you and Jesus. And so, and so I, I want you to look then. Mark eleven twenty three again, and we'll finish this up on this one. It says, Be thou removed. You say, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, but shall believe that those things which he saith. Shall believe that those things which he saith. Shall believe that those things which he saith. It says, Shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And so, this woman, back to Mark chapter 5 now. Verse 28, she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. What are you saying about the mountain in your life right now? Are you saying there's no way? Are you saying Jesus is the way? I want to read this note. I said I was going to, I forgot about it. I want to read this. I wrote this down and spoke to the church. 
on a Sunday morning, and I was thinking about all the things in the country right now, about the virus, the mask, the vaccines, and all the, all the, all the strife going on, all different things. And so I wrote this down by the Spirit of God on September the 5th. I wrote, I said this, concerning what we have to receive about what's going on, etc. Here's what people say. Everybody has to accept it because that's how it is. But you know what I said? I said, I'm not everybody, I'm whosoever. Everybody that gets that, they die. I said, well, everybody might die, but I'm not everybody, I'm whosoever. As because I'm whosoever, if whosoever saith, I'll live and not die, declare the works of the Lord. That's Psalms 118, verse 17. That's what I said all through that thing I went through. I said, I'm going to live and not die, declare the works of the Lord. What am I doing tonight? I've declared the works of the Lord. Am I dead? No. Devil tried to kill me. But I, 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 I'm not everybody that gets that blood cancer I had. I'm whosoever that got attacked by the devil and whosoever said, blood cancer, you're out of here. I'm getting better every day. Amen. And so get a hold of what I'm saying. i just tell you what. I, I can't camp out on that point there because i got two more i got to hit real quick. But i just I, I got to say it again. Man, if you're having trouble with your stupid mouth, buy some gray tape. I mean that with all my heart. If you can't shut your mouth, if you're not disciplined enough, you hear these messages, hear these messages, and you still talk broke, busted, disgusted, nobody likes me, I don't have any friends, everybody's against me, I don't know what I'm going to do, don't know what I'm going to do, go down, buy some gray tape, cut you off a little slice, put it right across your mouth. And then every time that stupid stuff tries to come out, that's what the angel of the Lord did to Zacharias. That was John the Baptist's dad. He told John, he told Zacharias what he's going to do. And Zacharias started mouthing off, oh no, God can't do that. The angel smote him. And his mouth didn't open until after John was born. Amen. So I'd, I'd rather choose the gray tape myself. You know, you know what I say that? I, I say that in jest. I would not want somebody to suffocate. Because I put it on one time, had hard trouble breathing out my nose, so I'd had to cut a slit in it. <laughs> Is that true, Mom? <laughs> so watch your mouth, because you're going to have what you say, because Jesus said. So point number three, verse 27. She heard of Jesus, and then it says she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Why did she do that? Because verse 28 said, if I touch his clothes, I'll be whole. She had a point of contact. She had a point of contact. There's been many times, and look at James 1.22 again. We're going to get through this thing. There's been many times I've been at a Dr. Barclay meeting, and I knew that Dr. Barclay, as my pastor, had anointing for my life. And when I've been there, a matter of fact, I did this back in, uh, I think, February this year. We was down at his conference in San Diego again. I had some things I was dealing with, and Dr. Barclay wanted to pray for the preachers one night. I had my faith released before I got to San Diego for something. And I had my faith released during the whole meetings. And in my heart, with my mouth, I said to Jesus, I said, Jesus, as soon as Dr. Barclay lays his hand on me, I'm free. You know what? Dr. Barclay laid hands on me for free. I got delivered that thing trying to attach itself to me. And so this woman had a point of contact. She said, if I just touch him, 
And see, that, that, that's the law of contact and transmission. That's what it is when you lay hands on somebody. Jesus laid hands on the name of Jesus. Jesus laid hands on a lot of people, but that's because he was full of anointing. And we as Holy Ghost people have that anointing in us. And so she, as a woman, by the way, she wasn't supposed to be there. That's another servant. But that's why she had to get to him, sneak up on him and touch him, because in the Jewish society, women were not allowed to be out there in the crowds with the men. That's where the state silent the churches came from. So you had to stay away from that. Then number two, number two, with the issue of blood, they were the category of lepers, and lepers and women bleeders in public were supposed to be stoned. So that took great faith for her just to be there. Because that's why she didn't say, if I can just get him to pray for me, she had to sneak up on him and said, if I just touch him, I'll be healed because I'm going to get to where the power is. And so you, in your lives, many times, you've got to have a point of contact for your faith. It might be a financial thing, and you might give a sacrificial offering, you know, to somebody, to a church, some ministry, and you might say, like, yes, we used to have to do this sometimes. We were very, very poor and broke, but we had a lot of faith, and we survived and we made it. But sometimes we get down to our last little nothing. We put a, our last $5 bill in an envelope, and we'd melt to Oral Roberts because we had a lot of faith in what he was doing. And we said, Lord, this is our point of contact. This is not going to buy much groceries, not going to get too much gas. But, Lord, we're planting this $5 as a point of contact in Oral Roberts' ministry. And we thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you're going to take care of us. And it happened every time. And so you need to have a point of contact. At James 1.22, uh, I'll just quote it because we are getting short on time. It says, Be ye doers of the word. And not here is only deceiving your own selves. So the whole thing is, this woman, she heard as she got faith when she heard. And then she said what was going to happen when she acted on her faith. And then she acted on her faith. And you know, that's just like Pastor Dave said. Here all the preaching about tithing and everything until you actually put 10% and do it on a regular basis, a consistent part of your lifestyle, in God's offering, in God's treasury, you're not going to get the full blessings. You'll go to heaven. You'll get some blessings in life. But Malachi chapter 3 says the windows of heaven are now opened. And he rebukes the devour for you when you really start tithing. So anyway, it's what, it's what you do that counts, not what you think that counts. And so then, verse 27, of course, says she came through the crowd and touched him. But verse 29 then says this. And straight away, the fountain of blood was dried up, and she felt her body to heal that plague. I talked fast because run out of time. But point number four, she received. That's the most important thing. She received. In your life, it doesn't make any difference how much Bible you can quote, how much prayers you pray. If you never received much, what was it worth? You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking down on prayer or anything. But there ought to be coming a time you get some receiving going on. You ought to start getting some answers. Amen. Amen. I'll I tell you, when you operate by the Bible principles, you start getting more answers. And it's like anything else in life. What I've learned in lots of things in life, I mean, after 70 years old, I've learned a few things. There's lots of things in life in mechanical things, carpentry things, working out a, a new place out in Newberry Springs, orchard things, things I learned, it was absolutely overwhelming 
when I saw things I'd never done before. But by the time I started learning things and pressing in, so many things in life now that I know I didn't used to know, just is so easy. I'd be bad. It's just like popcorn going off. Pop, pop, pop. Things happen. That's how faith works for me. It got to that place in my life years ago when I learned these things, this verse right here. When I went through the cancer stuff, I had one prayer one time by one people. I had the elders of the church pray for me. I'd never ask Facebook to pray for me. I'd never ask another preacher to pray for me. I'd never ask you to pray for me. And when the preacher wanted to pray for me, I told him, I said, hey, this is not pride. I said, I'm not too proud to have you pray for me, but I said, the Bible said, when the elders of the church pray the prayer of faith for me, the Lord raised me up and healed me. And I said, if I had to ask you to keep praying for me, then I would say that what they prayed didn't count, so I'd have to go back to square one and get the process started again. And so I said, because the Bible says when they prayed, Jesus healed, that's where I am. And so if you want to do any prayer for me, don't ask him to do something because he's already doing it. Just raise your hands and thank him that the power of God is working through Pastor Sample's body, that Pastor Sample's getting better every day. And so just stop and think about this as we're closing right now. Stop and think about this. If you're not getting results right now, stop and examine how you're praying. Are you every day asking him again and begging him to do something that you asked him about yesterday? Why are you asking him to keep saving her? Why don't you just pray the prayer of faith and say, Lord, I want to thank you. I asked laborers to cross her path. According to Mark chapter 9, you said, pray the Lord of the harvest said laborers. If you ask Jesus to send the laborers, did he or didn't he? Says he did. So why don't you start thinking and change your way of thinking? Instead of praying for her salvation, say, Lord, I want to thank you. I prayed for the laborers. Lord, the harvest said laborers. There's people send my daughter, people send my mother, people, whoever it is you're praying for, quit begging him to do something he wants to do. Just start thanking him. And then when you're doing that, you'll do what the Bible says to do. You're acting on the word. You're a doer of the word, not a hearer only. And you're going to see some results in people's lives like you've never seen. Amen. Amen. So anyway, your faith will receive whatever you need from God if you operate by these principles. Just remember that. Number one, find verses. Find verses that pertain to exactly what it is you're looking at. Number two, start speaking those verses. When those minds hit your head, say, no, no, I want to thank you, Jesus. There's people talking to my daughter right now. Somebody's got a daughter he's talked to. Say, Lord, I want to thank you. There's people talking to my daughter right now. And I know, Jesus, that she's listening, Lord. Thank you for giving her a tender heart. And then you act on the word, do what it says, and then the greatest part comes, says you receive, and Jesus says, Son, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Amen. Go home, go home, be healed of thy plague, you're blessed. Amen. Let's give the Lord Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.